Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So So, in case you ain't know so, and welcome back to another episode of Sports with So So. Make sure you guys follow us on social media at Sports with So So Podcast. And if you're listening to us on any streaming platform, make sure to hit that subscribe and follow button to show us a little love. This week, we got the Finns making moves, the Heat continue to struggle, the Panthers stay in the race. UFC 260 is a banger, and we catch up with the Marlins right before opening day. It's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go! And let me tell you, it sucks that I was out of the country, you know? Um, not sucks that I was out of the country. Yeah, bro, really you going to say you were just in Brazil for like 10 days, Which bro. is always amazing. How you going to say is amazing. it sucks to be where you are? Come on now. <laughs> right? Jet life soul is a real thing. Um, but it was really dope to be in Brazil. But at the same time, there were so many things happening in, in Miami yeah. that it caught me off guard. And I was like, damn, I wish I was there to like drop an immediate episode or some shit like that. So forgive me if this episode feels like, you know, a lot of pent up sports angst, I yeah. guess, or anxiety, because I was really fucking pumped to see the Dolphins making moves and position themselves to be real winners. Yeah. You know, something like the, the, the Miami Heat are, are doing and have done, and we'll talk about that too. But it's refreshing to see it come from the Dolphins. Really refreshing, bro, because I knew they were going to make a move at some point in the draft, right? Moving back from, from third overall because we're not getting a quarterback. We're fully invested in two. Right. You know, we made moves to, to solidify that. So we knew we were going to be moving back. It was just a matter of hard forward back. And damn, I, th- I felt like we robbed San Fran. Just to have him move up to you know those nine picks into the third. I mean, it's all about leverage, man. We had it. We had the leverage in 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 our hands. We had the third pick, and we have another pick later in the first round. You know, we have draft capital, and it made sense for them. It made sense for us. This is this is a really good move, man. This is not in typical Dolphins fashion. I was texting you. I was glad you had internet at least over when you were over there because I was I was texting you everything that was going on. I was about to drop a solo podcast. You know what I mean? (laughs) Just to just to make sure we were still updating everybody. But no, nah, man, yeah, they they pulled a hell of a move with that 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 move with San Fran. We got a a buttload of picks, um, and and then shortly thereafter, we made another move with one of those picks. Yeah. So it was a busy day. And let's think about what we got from San yeah. Fran and how it's gonna translate to to Dolphins' success, right? We were very patient in free agency, and we targeted certain players that we were like, okay, maybe you're not the biggest name out there in free agency, but you can definitely plug a hole. And help us out in the spot. We signed a linebacker. We signed a defensive lineman. We recently signed Will Fuller to help the wide receiver core. We signed that old lineman that we cut two days later. Yeah. <laughs> and even still, it didn't even cost us that much. No, right? it didn't. We still but we got to pick next year. I love the no-nonsense approach right. to it, right? Like, hey, if you're not going to come and help us win, you're out, dude. This is about winning. Not about being in Miami and having a good time and partying it up on South Beach or whatever and Winwood doing your thing. Nah, you got to be working here, you know, because we're committed to winning. And you can see that in how Chris Gear and the Dolphins front office is moving. I mean, I was shocked, bro. Shocked to see that it was Sam Friend that gave us three first-round picks. Shocked. Because they have Jimmy G. They can probably ride him for a year, see if he's good or not, see if they lose, if they tank, if maybe they get another quarterback next year. But this draft class is heavy on quarterbacks. And they felt like they absolutely had to get something for the future. 
and it cost them those three first-round picks. Yeah, and the draft class helped the Dolphins leverage all that much more because we are a top-three pick. Hell, yeah. It happens to be three really good-looking quarterbacks right now in the draft, so that just that just helped us out on our end, and uh, we made out like bandits. Absolutely, and let's not forget, that's, that's not the third pick because we sucked. That's the third pick because we got that from the Houston Larry Tunsil mm-hmm. trade. So look how we flip this. We give them the, the third pick in exchange, right? Miami got the 12th pick. No, we'll bring it back. Bring it all the way back. Bring it all the way back. So we give Tunzel to the Texans, who was Tunzel. one of our – I mean, you remember Laramie Tunzel, you know, had – wasn't he the one that had the video that came out the day of his yeah, draft? Yeah, with the bong with mask. With the bong, that he, the gas mask that he was smoking. Then all of a sudden this first rounder dropped to us, and we were like, holy shit. We just came up on a, on a gold mine here. And then, you know, we get him and we did what we did with our previous regime with Tannehill and everything. And that kind of all went to shit. And we kind of disbanded everybody and got everybody out of town and started fresh. And, and, and it, you know, obviously he was one of the better returns in the sense that we got a conditional first round pick. And it was all going to be where, you know, where they ended up and whatnot, which they didn't do all that great last year, set us up fr- prime with now the number one the number three pick in this year's draft no we can't While well, we still have our 18th pick at, 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 you know that's correct. our regular first round pick correct. so we had this this spare uh first round pick which you never have and it happens to be number three so boom so automatically we flip that right trade into three extra first rounds we get the 12th pick in 2021 we got a first and a third for 2022 and we got another first for 2023. That's incredible. That's a hell of a haul. You never see that. I mean, not for the Dolphins. <laughs> and look, either way, it works out for us, right? Because if San Fran sucks, it's almost a top 10, top 15 pick, which, hey, I ain't mad at, you ain't mad at, nobody in Dolphins Nation would be mad at. And if they're good, guess what? It's still an extra pick that we have that we can leverage for something else or make a pick out of need or a want, right, in, the future, in those future drafts. So excellent haul. And that's just to swip, swap that third pick. Genius move by Chris Gear. You know, I got a new nickname for him. What's that? Since Pat is the godfather, right? How about we call Chris Greer the consigliere? <laughs> the consigliere? Yeah. All right. I guess we can. We kind of rolls with it, right? Yeah, consigliere yeah, he's the right Chris. Hand. He's the Greer. right hand right there. He's the right hand because he's learning, obviously, from that organization and saying, man, this is how winning works down here in South Miami or South Florida. Let's do it. You know? So. The Dolphins weren't even done there. They immediately flip one of those first rounders that we got from San Fran and swap it with Philadelphia for their sixth pick. And we also gave them a 123rd pick, which is a fourth rounder in 2021, which wasn't, again, an original Dolphins pick. We got that from Dallas, right? And we gave them a 2022 first round that we got from San Fran. In exchange, the Dolphins get the sixth pick in this year's draft to move up to get a target for Tua, which we'll talk about right now. And then they also get a fifth rounder in this year's draft. So now the Dolphins have two first round picks, two second round picks, two third round picks, one fifth and two seventh for a total of nine. And we're coming off one of the best seasons that we've had in a, a long time. A 10 and six season where we missed the playoffs by pretty much half a game. In a that, pandemic year. In a pandemic year. So, I mean, now With we have a all this ammunition. starting more than half games. Yeah. And now we have all this ammunition going into the draft with, you know, a good nucleus of guys, a good front office, a good coaching staff. It's going to be tough for the Dolphins to, to mess this one up. And even though I know what you're thinking, don't worry, the Dolphins will find a way because that's kind of what, what – you know, history has taught us. I, I think that we're we're turning a new page here, guys. I think yeah. we're we're heading in the right direction here. 
I, I agree with you 100%. I really have a lot of trust in this Dolphins organization to make the correct move and to make the smart move and make the right pick, for instance, with the six now. So we moved essentially three spots back, earned two more first-round picks, right, for the future. And now we're in a position where we can really pick and choose whatever playmaker that we want. We know that there will be two wide receivers in the top ten readily available, right? We have the kid from LSU, and we also have the Heisman winner from Alabama. And now we have a new candidate that's emerging, uh, the Pitts kid from, from Florida. Florida. Yeah, dude. So I was going to ask you about that because you know I'm huge on the tight ends, right? right. This kid is a stud. He's, stud. He's looking like a beast. Everybody, All my buddies have been talking about him and saying, hey, are we going after this guy? I mean, he's he's possibly the, the, the best prospect in the draft. What, what are you looking at? What are you thinking? Should we add him? Should we go after him if he's there? Let me ask you this question, right? Do you think that we should continue to invest in the tight ends? Or do you think that the tight ends that we have right now are good enough to be good playmakers, reliable playmakers for Tua? I think Gusecki is that guy. I think the other guys are okay. You know, they're they're role players. They're not they're not these franchise guys. I think Gusecki's that franchise guy. He's able to make those plays. And I mean the Patriots did it when they had Gronk and Aaron Hernandez. I mean, we all know what happened with Hernandez and whatnot, but, uh, you know, when they were still playing and playing at, at their best, that those two guys were, were, were beasts, man. You know, coming, coming on the other side of the, of the field, they were able to open shit up and it was, it was insane. Well, here's, here's my thing, right? I feel like for tool, you need to get a wide receiver. That is an excellent, excellent route runner. And if you get yourself an excellent, excellent route runner, that just gives him the the best chance to succeed when making throws, whether he makes the throws in the pocket or running, right? Because the more precise the route is or the connection is with the with, between that wide receiver, the better tool is going to be. I really see them leaning in the way of Devontae Smith because he's not that big. But he's an excellent, excellent route runner. And if he finds ways to get open, and they have that same mentality. They come from that same school where they're like, okay, I know what it is to work. I know what it takes to win. I know what how much hard work it takes to win. Let's go to work. And that would ultimately raise his tools. When I say his, I mean tools right. stock within the Dolphins organization higher than what it is right now. So the fact that the Dolphins can really pick and choose to say, okay, who's left at six? Did, did somebody else reach for a wide receiver? Did somebody reach for Pitts? Did somebody reach for Jamar Chase? If they did, what's the outcome? Okay, now we have best option available. Let's go with that guy. Especially with that six pick. We, we can't lose. There's no way to mess that up. No, I think, yeah, I think we know what people ahead of us are going to do with their picks for the, or have a pretty good idea. So I think, yeah, I think we, we're going to have a, a pick of the litter at number six. And I, I, I just, I really want a, a, a receiver. I won't be mad if they Me go too. with Smith, if they go with Waddle, whoever they go whoever. with. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm, I'm going to be happy because oh, yeah. all of those guys would fit in here. I think in, so. In any capacity, in any capacity. And, and I just see them improving not only the wide receiver core, but also elevating tools, options, and, and his game, you know, because he we know he can be good. We just need more weapons. Speaking of more weapons, I really think we should draft a running back in like the second or third round. Absolutely. I, I see it happening, but I, I I want somebody that's young, durable, hard runner, can catch, 
doesn't have a big name, but has been productive in college, you know what I mean? And just ready to do something in the NFL. And, and just the thought of adding that to our wide receiver that we're going to pick with the sixth pick, Devontae Parker here, getting Preston Wilson back, having Williams, Will Fuller. Preston Williams. Preston Williams, excuse me. Um, having Will, Will Fuller here in-house now. Gasecki, that running back if we get him. Just a lot of offensive weapons that we can put on the field and stay healthy, Lord willing. To win games, yeah. you know, to win. No, nah, I think I think we'll we'll have the the cast to do it, man. I just also hope that they open up that playbook and let Tua throw it down there. Let him throw guys. it, if but he do. needs more targets to throw. But it I him. mean, hey, if we're gonna go out and get a guy like Will Fuller, you know, who's a deep deep ball threat, yeah, we need to be yards. throwing it deep. And we that was one thing that you and I complained about at nauseum last year was the fact that we just weren't seeing those deep balls from Tua. And we know he can he can make those throws. But we just weren't seeing that from from the staff, so we'll see how that plays out. For sure, for sure. Like we've been seeing the Heat play out, you know. It kind of sucks that that I'm watching them right now, you know, on taking on the Knicks, who are fourth place, real formidable opponent in the East right now, and we've been struggling bad. Bro, like, you were gone, and I was like, I just want to hear him say Pizza Mañana, pizza mañana and I, we just couldn't hear it. We just, it just never, it just never, just never came. It just never it, came. It never came, bro. The pizza never came. <laughs> the pizza never came, man. And it sucks because we were losing fucking close games. Yeah, dude, it was bullshit. And I feel like those those games could have been avoided had we been at full strength, you know. And full strength kind of sucks when you make a big trade like we did. And the Heat traded for Victor Oladipo. You know, we went on live to talk about it. That's how much of a shock it was to see the Heat pull the trigger. The whole time we thought they were going to go after Lowry, right? End up going after Victor Oladipo. It cost us nothing, right? We ended up trading... Um, Kelly Onelik. Yep. And who was the other player? Uh, Avery Harkless. Bradley. Oh, Bradley. Correct. Harkless was in the in the other deal. Yeah. And we had also signed the the big man center. Yeah. That could shoot. Belagic or yeah, that guy. I'm never gonna get his name, dude. I gotta give it's that. Okay. I hope I can't wait for, to find out that guy's nickname, because that's all I'm gonna Belica. use. Belgica. Something like yep. it's like that. Belgica. You're probably pronouncing too many. It's letters. okay. It's okay. No, trust me. I looked it up. I looked it up. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> There's a bunch of letters in for his sure, name. For sure. For <laughs> sure. But, you know, the he make those moves pretty dope because I'm a big fan of Victor Oladipo. Huge. Huge fan. Love I think, Oladipo. I think he's very talented. I think he's very explosive offensively. Defensively, he's above average, right? He's not great, but he's above average where you feel really confident in his matchup and his ability to disrupt the other offense of the team. And... Score for us, right? Really put the ball in the hoop, shoot, uh, average 20 points a game or whatever, and be an offensive asset. So I knew that that was the move that the Heat had to make in order to make a push into the playoffs. But I didn't think that making that trade would leave us so shorthanded that we suffer so many losses. I mean, we lose to Memphis. We lose to Indiana twice, who's in our same race, right, to, to finish in the top four and get a good position in the playoffs to have home court advantage. I'll, I'll take partial blame for that because I, I had said that that should have been Papitas. We should have beat see? them both games. And you see? We took Oladipo. We won that battle. Yeah. But, I mean, uh -huh. well, I mean, he didn't even play for them anymore. He was already in Houston. But he was already you know in Houston, I mean? bro. We, he, they were still sour about that because when he was in the Pacers, he, he was talking to the Heat like he wanted to come play with us. So, they, they were bitter about that, and they beat us. And I, I'm sorry. I take partial Twice. credit. Whatever. You take those two L's. Then we go on the road. We lose to we 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 lose to Phoenix. We lose to Portland, and we lose to Charlotte. Games that you look at and be like, man, normally if the Heat are playing well or doing the things that we can see them do, they're winning those games. 
They're winning those games against those opponents because if you look back at the games that we've had this season, we've won. But when we're on the road, we struggle. We struggle bad. That's been that's been you know we struggle bad. We struggle year. bad. We struggle bad. Yeah, man, it's not looking good on the road, which it's, is terrible. I mean, because every series comes down to you know you're gonna play half of them at home, but the other half are away. Which we're, <laughs> we're, we're ten not and twelve in the right, right, direction now. right now. We're under five hundred. Yeah, ten and twelve on, on the, the road. road. That's awful. It's a toss up, but not even a good one for and us. And that's and that's not even the worst part about it. The worst part about it is this: we're five and fourteen against opponents that have winning record. So that means that when we face somebody who is as good or better, just in the standings, right? Just win loss record. Period. We're giving it to them. And we're, I, and we're losing those tight games. A lot we're of them are tight. Them. Exactly. And they're tight games. Yeah, they're they're not complete blowouts. I think a couple of them recently were. Every team's going to lose blowouts, you know? But we're not losing 10 blowouts a season or some shit like that, right? So most of the times we're going to lose games by like three, five, six points. And those are close games for us because we can look back at them and say, fuck, if we had done this different, if so-and-so had just made two more free throws, we would have been in real good position to win the game or winning by so-and-so points. Now that the the Heat are struggling, they're still shorthanded, right? Because Victor Oladipo is not playing for us. Um, well, Jika, like I said, he's starting to come back and, and really get on the floor. No Drogic, no none. They've missed a couple of the last games. It's really just Jimmy and Bam out there. Yeah, Jimmy's been hurt too. He's been... He, but he's been playing recently and balling out. But more more to my point was this, and you could kind of speak on it. We've been getting inconsistent play performances from players like Hero and Duncan that don't really help those guys in that third option. You know what I mean? So... If we had that third option, a consistent score, right, to just consistently keep the offense afloat, which Victor Oladipo can do, obviously that's an immediate impact and an obvious plus that'll help the Heat. But we need to see it as soon as possible. You know, we can't have Victor Oladipo have those injury concerns that he's shown in the past, you know, where he can't, where he's shown to miss some games here and there and really be at an all-star superstar level down here in Miami because if you come to play for us and you're a big name like him, that's the expectation. You know, we're expecting you to be a big-time, big-time producer almost to superstar levels, you know, especially when you have the talent around you like we have, you know, because it's not like you're playing with scrubs. You're playing with Bam, who's probably the best upcoming player right now, and you're playing with a seasoned vet who's the biggest dog in the NBA in Jimmy Butler. So... Victor Oladipo has to come in here and really ball out, in my opinion, for this shit to look good. So when do you think we're going to get to see Oladipo really kind of, you know, getting a swing of things with the team and, and putting in some some minutes with the team? Right now he's out with an illness. We're recording this Monday night um, as they're playing. Who are we playing? We're playing the Knicks we're on playing, the road. Right, we're playing the Knicks right so now. So another tough game against right. a team that's in fourth place. So we're, we're without Oladipo tonight. When do you think we should see him coming into the rotation and, and making an impact? Shit, I, I I wish he was playing tonight. I because mean, it's already been we three, all do. <laughs> I know, but it's already been like six seven. Right now. It's already been like six five days since we got that trade, right? Yeah. So he should be playing by today. He's obviously gonna play within the next two games that we have, um, which we have against Indianapolis against on the road, and then we have a home game against Golden State. But if we had him right now, it would be extremely helpful because the Knicks have won. You know, they've won four out of the last five games. They're currently in fourth, like I said. They're a potential playoff opponent for the Heat. They're surging. Julius Randles is balling. They just got Derrick Rose, who's playing really good basketball. They have a good good team. The Heat needs to find a way to become more productive on the road, bro. And and Oladipo has to help that 
immediately. He needs to play like that next game against Indy and go back there and be like, hey, guys, this is what you're missing out on. Look at me and my new teammates. Yeah. Balling and having fun and scoring 120 something points. That's what we need. You know, I don't really expect much from 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 the other guy, uh, Belgica, because he's there more for rebounding and and defense. So he's he's important. Right, because those things are really big needs for us when right. the matchup comes up. But he's not going to give us offense. He's not going to play a ton of minutes like Olodipo is. And I'm interested to see how the dynamic changes a little bit with having Drogic come off the bench with Kendrick Nunn or maybe with Tyler Hero and seeing how that rotation works. Because in crunch time, you can probably have Drogic and Oladipo on the floor together. Yeah, it all depends on the situation, on right? On the situation, right? And but how then you want to play it, if you want to play big or you want to play small and fast and be able to score. I mean, if you're on offense, you're doing one thing. If you're playing the timeout game and you got to switch them out, I would probably say I want Oladipo out there over Dragic. I would like to have them both, but if you're going to tell me I could only have one, yeah, it's got to be Oladipo. Yeah. It's got to be Oladipo, you know? And I love Dragic. Yeah, 100%. We know he's clutch. Yeah, I'm not, there's clutch. no knock on him, but I mean, you know, I'll take I'll take the younger, faster, you know, bigger Oladipo. Um, so, but Hey, on, 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 in other news, it looks like that's it for, you know, the moves going on this year. It looks like we're gonna have to wait till next year for a big man. Cause we ain't getting LaMarcus Aldridge and we ain't getting Andre Drummond. Well, I'm kind of so, happy. How we do you didn't feel about those punk ass moves, man? I feel like I'm over the NBA, man. Honestly, <laughs> I'm not, but here's what I don't like. All right. I don't like the ass kissing. I'm going to go play for the best team because even if I don't play, I'm going to win. That to me is weak. Not saying that those guys are weak, but it's kind of weak, you know. Because if you're if you're Lamarcus Aldridge, you see Blake Griffin go there, boom, and now you see Andre, you know, Drummond being talked about going there, and you're like, damn, why would I consider going there if I'm not even gonna be a part of it? Yeah, I'll be there, but I'm not gonna be a part of it, as opposed to being a real part of something for a team like the Heat. And I'm just not talking about the Heat, but any team that's in a prime position to compete. When you go to the team that's number one in the league or number one in the, in the division, or number one in the in the East, like Brooklyn or whatever, or even the Lakers to go play with LeBron, I feel like you're accepting that fate of, like, I'm going to do the minimal to get the maximum, right? Because if you win a championship, hey, you're there, and somebody's going to remember all, you as a champion. That's all anybody remembers is, that, did he have a championship, right? That's why they're doing it. In my eyes, it's, it's a weak move, right? Because then those same guys are going to try to look for a payday or try to connect with another team, right, the next year. And it's just not going to happen because I don't see somebody paying Andre Drummond crazy money. I don't see somebody really offering a mid-level exception for Aldridge or something like that. Vet minimum, yeah, no problem. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like those guys where they are in their careers, they don't even – they have the money. You know, the money's, the money's already there. It's just they want that – that last piece, man. And it just sucks, man, that it's that this is the culture we have in the NBA today, which which made our season that much better last year and like our the, our championship run that much better cuz here we were a team that was built not bought, you know what I mean? Like the only the biggest piece that we had was Jimmy Butler and when we did it the right way, we got him here in free agency, you know, we sold him on the dream, on the culture, on on the team, on on the championships. And and he came and we built around them. It's not like, all right, you know, we got a nasty team already. And then now we're going to add another all star. I mean, I saw a stat that said that between Blake Griffin, uh, Aldridge, uh, KD, Kyrie and, and Harden, there's like 20 all star appearances between all of them or maybe more than that. That's it's ridiculous, like, are you bro. kidding me, dude? Like, that's just ridiculous firepower that those guys have, man. But you know what? Fuck it. I think that. A, the Miami Heat as an uh, organization relish that because 
those are the same type of teams that we love to beat and we love to face off and we would love to play in the playoffs. But guess what? That feeling isn't mutual. Mutual. You know, those same teams don't want to play us in the playoffs. They don't want to get into a six-game, seven-game series with us because they know what we're about. They know what the Heat are about. And more often than not, other teams can't handle it. We'll see, right? We'll see what happens to Brooklyn in the playoffs because it's all fun and games right now. You know, Hardens is an MVP candidate, and shout-out to him because he's really been balling and keeping that team afloat because Kyrie has been inconsistent, right? Playing, not playing, playing good, playing bad. KD had, like I told you, he was going to miss a shit ton of games, and he has for him, right? Let's see how they do in the playoffs, you know, because I, I feel like the experience that the he have of playing together kind of counts more than what they put together just this year. Is it impressive? Yeah, no doubt. But experience counts for something, too, you know. Yeah. And and having that chemistry really counts for something, too. And, and I feel like we have that that dog in us because we know what it takes to get there. Well, we got to do like that ship in the Suez Canal is not doing and turn this ship around. And uh, get back on the winning streak, bro, because sure. I'm, t- I'm tired of this losing sure. shit I need the right pizza. now. We need it, dude. We need the pizza. We need the pizza. You guys know I hate Papa John's, but I need it bad, all right? For sure. I know we're battling. We're battling, bro. And, and look, the Knicks aren't, aren't an easy opponent. And this game is going to be tough, and it's going back and forth. So definitely keep you guys updated on that. Um, also want to keep the Panthers Nation updated. Those guys have kept, kept rolling, staying they hot. Their, they definitely got their foot on the gas pedal, man. But they suffered a tough loss. They suffered a tough loss, this but you know weekend, what? Man. They bounced back and and they won two in a row. Um, one of them was a costly win because we lost our our defenseman Aaron Ekblad, who took a hit, a that's, real bad hit. That's what I was referring to—the tough loss. That was the tough loss I was referring to. Right oh. there. Well, they had <laughs> lost a, a tough loss before. No, yeah, games. no, but I was talking about him, man. That that sucks, man. It should. It looked bad, bro, because anytime yeah. you see the guy, anybody, bro, in the air cast, it's like fuck. You yeah, know, you, you automatically assume something's broken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, not necessarily the worst, but you know that something is broken. You know, and that kind of sucks in the sense that he's arguably their best defensive player. And when you don't have your best defensive player, I don't care what sport it is. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you, the sport you need, is. You need You're going to suffer. Yeah, you need that, especially, I mean, on, on, on the Panthers, where they you know, are very defensive-minded. Uh, he, he was basically the heart and soul. That's a tough loss. Tough loss, man. But I feel like the, the Panthers are, are primed to, to bounce back because they kept pace even with, with that loss, right, mm-hmm. before the two-game winning streak. They kept pace in the, in the East. They're... Currently at 48 points, one point behind Carolina, who has 49, two points behind Tampa Bay, who has 50. Looking good. Which is looking good. And they even been without some of their attacking talent because they've had a forward out for some time, too, which is Patrick Horncrest. You know, he's a good goal scorer. The captain, uh, Alexander Barkov, who's pretty much the heart and soul of this team and the leader. He's been out for a couple of games and they just find ways to win which is kind of the opposite of what we've seen from the heat right when the panthers go shorthanded right. they find ways to win yeah, it's not through. pretty but a win is a win and when you can take points or take games and and really position yourself for for the playoff run and build that momentum you have to take advantage of that and i like what the panthers are doing bro they they always take advantage of those opportunities so yeah they'll lose two games but then boom they'll bounce back and win four in a row you know, or, or win four out of the next six, six out of the next eight, which is really good for that's the that's like the the signs of a quality hockey team. Right. Being able to take a loss, bounce back, move forward, keep winning. 
what else do you want from the Panthers? You know, uh, you more want fights, th- more blood. No, bro, you want them to keep winning. You want them <laughs> no, to keep winning. Absolutely, man. Because then, uh, you know, the pa- the Panthers get into the playoffs and anything can happen. And we all know what that magic oh, was play- like. Playoff hockey is, is come on, that's a next level, bro. So Everybody's that's, that's all it is, and they're they're trending again. I I keep talking in, in in stock talk, but they're trending in the right direction, man. They're 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 on the way every every week. They're you know they're about like you said they're bouncing back. They're they're staying in the conversation top three. They haven't you know gone below that. They're 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 looking like they're gonna have a good chance to to represent uh, South Florida in the playoffs. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But yeah, they got a they got a series starting tonight against the uh, Detroit Red Wings. They play tonight and then they play on on Thursday again. Uh, so I hope that we can uh, we can definitely get a couple wins here, man. Kind of bounce back, you know, make sure that our our guy knows that we got his back, even though he's not out there with us no more. No, and Ekblad is a badass, bro. He has 11 goals this season, which is tied for the most against uh, for defensemen in the NHL this season. So he's not just the best defender that we have. He also contributes on offense. You know, scoring goals from defense is not easy. Um, having double-digit goals in the season is fucking impressive, regardless of the sport, um, especially in hockey. And he's going to be missed. He's going to be missed because I don't think he's going to make it back for the playoff run. You know, I hope. I still have some hope. You know, we'll see what, what the injury comes out to be um, and how long he's going to be out. But I know the Panthers could could definitely use them as, as the season comes down to a stretch. You know what I mean? They're going to – he's going to be missed for we sure. Yeah, less than two months, man. There's a there's not a lot. There's still a lot, but there is – there's not a lot of hockey left and there's not a lot of time left. So, Like I said, bro, it's it really depends on, on what the injury is, you yeah. know, and how fast he can bounce back. Right. So. You know, hope he gets a speedy recovery so the Panthers can keep no winning, No doubt, bro. man. T's and P's. T's and P's. For sure, for sure. Speaking of, of victories, bro. What's up? What a badass victory this weekend in the UFC, dog. Dude, so wait, but you were you were in a whole different time zone, so how, yeah. how late were the fights on for you? Did, Super did you get a late. Good chance to watch them? Super late. I stayed up. I stayed up to watch it. You know, I watched it on my phone um, with the Fire Stick app. It Holla. was definitely worth it. Absolutely. What, but the, what a card. But, I mean, just overall, there was a bunch of fights that were uh, hell outstanding. Yeah. Hell yeah. Very entertaining, you know. Um, I like that Sean O'Malley. Sean O'Malley, man. That bounced was, back. That was a crazy one. He thought he had it wrapped up in the first round, and the, the ref was like, nah, Papa, you need to go back in there and go to work. But he showed determination, which is what we wanted to see from him because he had a lot of hype coming into the UFC, right? And even when he was winning, a lot of shit talking and whatnot, he had a lot of hype behind him to, to be a performer. When we saw him take that that loss, albeit he was injured in the loss, it was like, well, is he going to bounce back? Is he going to, you know, be the same Sugar Shane or is he going to be a little bit different? And he answered those critics. And I think he really answered himself, really, to be like, am I still that guy? Am I still this killer? Can I still do it? And he put the performance on, dog. And and it would have been performance of the night had it not been for the championship fight. But before the championship fight, I just wanted to say, like, it's amazing how Dana has been able to really gain and when I say Dana, I mean, like, the UFC, like, really gained this yeah, year. Yeah, what he's been able to do. You know, with, with the pandemic and other sports taking the time off and not really coming back, Dana's been consistently putting on shows with the UFC. Some of them are pay-per-view. Some of them have been free on, on ESPN+. And it's still badass, you know, because it keeps us entertained. And we get to see amazing fights, you know. I, f- I feel like I'm with you. I feel like... F- Great cards were few and far between, you know, before where it was like, you know, hey, three months from now, there's a great card. John Johnny Bones Jones is fighting, you know, in three months or whatever. Like, dude, we just got done talking about Adesanya and Blahowicz. Like, that was a great card that night. And then now here we go just With a couple another weeks later. With another amazing card. And we got this crazy, crazy heavyweight fight 
and and a bunch of great prelims, you know, and, and other fights under it. I mean, it was it was awesome, man. I love what Dana's doing out the USC. He's killing it. Shout out to him. He's probably businessman of the year, honestly, just on that move alone. Because Lord knows how much money he's made, right? From, oh yeah, his, from his, being his, able his to put on those empty, fights. Uh, he's a smart man, smart even smarter businessman. So shout out to him and the UFC for doing their thing. But they put, like you said, really good cards in and out. Every other weekend, you're getting a really good card. Like, for instance, we saw Tyron Rooley take a loss to uh, Brazilian, as a matter of fact. Yes. I was kind of going crazy with my I'm with sure my you were, bro. I'm sure you But Woodley's washed already, man. I mean, if that fight didn't tell you that, didn't prove that, man, I don't know what you were what you were doing. But Look, that Vicente Lokic guy. This is, a former, this is a former champ that we're talking champ. about. You know what I mean? But he's it's just sad. It's just but sad can to I see tell him get run like that. What up? When you get knocked out or finished like he has in that fashion before, not not this fight, but before, right? When he first lost the belt, I feel like it takes a mental piece of you away where you don't have that same it factor to absorb those punches and take that punishment and keep going forward because you want that punishment. I feel like once he got a taste of that, he was like, I don't ever want to feel that shit again. Right. And that already mind-fucked him for every single fight that we've seen him in, whether it's a big name or not. He doesn't look the same. So, yeah, you could be physically fit and work out and do all this exercise shit anyways. But if that mental game isn't there in UFC, you're done, Papa. You're done. Yeah, you're defeated before you even step in the ring. And, and it showed. It showed. He got his ass dropped multiple times in the round before Buddy chokes him out. Again, a... Uh, uh, an embarrassing performance for Woodley. This is the third time that we've seen him in a major card take an ass whooping. He has to retire. He has to retire right now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, either that or he'll get forced out of the UFC and go fight in Bellator or something. For sure. But I, I think, you know, he has enough already under his belt. You know, no pun intended that he's he's good to go. He's he's done with the, his career. Speaking of careers, you know, he, he may be done with his career for sure. Vicente still has a shot at the, at the title if he keeps winning. But that's why we were talking about it the other day, you know, in the last podcast. Like, when do you say when, you know? Like, even right now with, with Stipe Milchik, like, does he retire after taking this loss? Shit, Because it was a brutal man. loss, dog. It was a brutal loss. You know? But, Think but, about but it. He, you but a heavyweight out. guy like that, man, that 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 he's he's proven himself as a heavyweight champion, you know, in that division. He's not just a one-and-done kind of guy. I feel like you would kind of have to if he if you're Dana and the UFC you kind of owe it to him if he prepare if he can come back and put together a good camp. I don't know, you man. You got to give him a chance. I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know if that guy's done. I feel like he still has more to go. And it goes back to what I was saying about Woodley, especially when you're in the heavyweight division. When you get rocked like that, right? And it happens to you, that takes away from you. It takes away from you. Like, look, we've seen it with Alistair Overeem, right? He got destroyed in that one fight, broke his lip, looked disgusting, badass uppercut knockout that he suffered. Guys got lost by knockout three times after that. What does that tell you? That he ain't got it. Same thing that happened to Junior Dos Santos. Took a knockout, bounced back, won. Now lost lost two fights in a row. Now he's been able to bounce back, but he hasn't fought guys that are, you know, willing to knock off his head like an Ngannou. Because now Ngannou's at the top of the heap, and somebody's going to have to knock him out in order to win and be the champ. Because it's not like you're going to be able to, you know, use jujitsu or take him down and submit him. No, he's going to want to stand and bang. And I really believe he's the hardest hitter 
in the heavyweight division right now, you know, and he's proved it. Who, Engano? Yeah, for sure. Without a doubt, 100. He's probably the hardest hitter in the planet. I mean, that guy, <laughs> that that's, you know, so Milch is going into that fight. You know, you, he has, obviously he's the defending champion. Yeah. But, and this isn't the first time that they face each other. You know, Milch took him, you know, before. But it, it's always known that whenever Engano's in the ring, there's always a, ch- a chance or a possibility of that one punch to end it all that that knockout power is real with this guy and that's exactly what happened in this fight it was was, there was a good a couple exchanges but he just caught the right one and and put him on his ass man and if you think about it he was not i'm not gonna say danger but they were definitely in a fight right because stipe had landed some blows and really rocked and gano and caught him off guard and it just so happened that engano is as a defensive motive or move was throwing left hooks, and guess what? He connected one of them. It stumbled Stipe. He neck. He connected with another left hook, and that that was already too much for Stipe to handle because he was off balance, and kind of fucked up already. Went straight down, one more while he was on the ground, and you know pulled pulled him off him, which was the right move. A knockout for the ages, a win for the ages. It's obviously a changing of the guard because if you look at Engano and his physique. Right. And his ability to fight and punch. He's not going to be a, you know, one fight, two fight, three fight champ. He looks like he's going to defend that belt for a long time, you know, and that's just scary to think of, you know, scary, scary to think of. Well, who knows? Maybe John Bones Jones comes back and uh, says, you know what, bro? Let's uh, let me show you a thing or two about the heavyweight division. And puts him to work. But I think that I think that Miocic deserves a rematch, man. I think, uh, you know, now they're split one and one. And uh, I think it's only right that they run it back, you know, for the trilogy and make it, a, make it a movie. Well, let me ask you this. How about the John Jones possibility? Because if you think about it, there's a – Derek Lewis is probably the the number one contender, right? He's he's bounced back. He's gotten two knockout wins since since he suffered a loss. Should he fight in Ghana? Should he? Should UFC make the big money fight and go after Jones versus Ngannou, even though Jones probably isn't ready right now for heavyweight? Because I feel like I should see Jones one time in a heavyweight division, right, before I see him fight for the belt in the heavyweight division when there have been guys who have gotten knocked out and knocked out guys in that heavyweight division that probably have earned a title shot more than John Jones just because he left the, high, the light heavyweight division. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, going back, you just said Derek Lewis is the number one contender. Uh, Derek Lewis already beat Francis Ngannou once. I know. So, uh, but that, that wasn't the same Francis Ngannou. Absolutely not. This is a grown. You know, he after that fight, he he lost the uh, he lost again to to or I think I know he lost to Stipe first, and then he Correct. lost to Derek Lewis, and then he's he went on the, the the win streak. I think those two losses were were huge for him. So, yeah. uh, you know, it could be, you know, they're, they're both big hitters. They're both, you know, haymaker kind of guys that are going to try to throw and connect. So that could be an exciting fight. The The rematch would be exciting. Or if John Johnny can get his shit together, man, and get back, you know, into the UFC. I, I, that guy's a, an athlete, man. And he, he'll be able to put together a fight camp in no time to face. Um, That's not my concern. Him, so. My concern is whether or not he deserves the title shot. Right, it's a matter of who's the most worthy. And that's why I go back to the rematch. I think you give Miocic that shot to run it back. I, that's that's my opinion. I don't know. But if if not, you know, the, the uh, heavyweight division is, is kind of slim, even though it's a heavyweight division. 
there's not a lot of guys there. I mean, it's always the same guys. That's why you get a little bit older fighters and stuff like that in that division. Not a lot of younger guys come out of it, but either one. Either one will be cool, man. Those heavyweight fights are always fun, especially with guys that have that knockout power, right? For sure, for sure. And it was exciting to see that fight, and I'm, I'm glad I stayed my ass up to watch it because it ended quickly, and I was able to try to get some sleep before <laughs> I had to wake up early the next day, man. Yeah, I know you had a busy-ass, crazy-ass week. Yeah, that shit was crazy, but it was a hell <sighs> a of a time. A lot of travel, horseback riding, oh, yeah, farm, living on four a farm, hours. farm life. It was amazing, bro. Amazing. That's nice, bro. You're taking it back to the old country. Yeah, yeah, man. You, you know, t- talking about taking it back, um, a couple of podcast episodes ago, we spoke about the Marlins and their battle for second base and the homie Jazz Chisholm. Jazz Chisholm. Jazz Chisholm. No, Chisholm. It's, it's Jazz Chisholm. Yep. There we go. Got it. Yeah, he beat out Isan. Yeah, bro. And Isan's going down to the minors now. I like the kid. Um, I think he's very talented. You know, obviously, Donnie Baseball really likes him and the organization trusts in him to to play. But it's not going to be hard to improve from the on base percentage of 600 that the second base position, you know, had as an output between two guys last year. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be too hard to, to, to beat that. You know, if the kid can can get on base and just be a, an asset, right, running-wise, threat, stealing bases, and being able to turn singles into doubles. I really feel like the like the Marlins can make some noise offensively, you know. I really feel like they can really make some noise offensively. And we have been, man, so far in spring training. I mean, obviously, going back, we know it's spring training. These games don't really mean anything, but – they're putting up runs, man. The, the Marlins are killing it right now in spring training, man. They're they're taking down teams. They're winning games five. back to back. They're, Bro. Dude, they're 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 doing they're looking good right now. They're looking sharp. Yes, it's spring training, but for the Marlins to be fourteen and five, right? With limited rosters, you know, just going out there and just playing spring training baseball, hitting, fielding, you know, doing this the simple basics, because it's not even anything major. You're just doing the basics of the basics. That shows me that two things, right? First thing would be they're committed to the program, right? They're committed to what what it is that Marlins baseball is going to be about, right? They want to score runs, and they want to keep people from scoring runs. So they're defensive, but they can also win games 5-2. Second thing, the pitching staff is really starting to come around, mm-hmm. right? Even in the bullpen, like the guys that we're going to be counting on to be relief pitcher, pitchers and, and the closer, those guys – have been doing a great job of just coming in, doing your job, get your outs, sit down, wait for the next opportunity. We have the starting ro- the the starting rotation talent, right? We have Sandy, we have Sixto, both Dominican young prospects, guys who have incredible stuff, could easily be 12 to 15 game winners in the majors, right, at some point. We also have Elisir Hernandez and Pablo Lopez, two Venezuelan cats who are also extremely talented, really good pitchers. Elisir has more more big league experience, right? He he's pitched for the Cubs, but he's won eleven uh, six games. He knows what it is to pitch in the majors, and he has some interesting stuff that again could complement this pitching staff that's really young, really talented, and is learning how to win m- more often. You know, and unfortunately, we're not gonna have our boy yeah, holding man. it down with them. You know, leading these young cats. Uh, as we we heard last week while you were gone, that uh, Gio retired. He announced his retirement after 13 years in, in the major leagues. Well-deserved, yeah, I must say. Absolutely, man. It's, well it deserved. sucks. It's kind of bittersweet. You know, we just talked about him the episode before where we were excited to see what he could do for us and, and just to see the, the hometown kid come back home. 
Um, but you know what? It's it's well deserved. He had a hell of a career. Congrats to you, Gio, man. Uh, wish you nothing but the best, man. For sure, for sure. He 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 definitely deserves to a go out on his own terms. Uh, B really earned the respect that he got in the game of baseball, right? For being a professional, and to us here as Miamians, to putting us on the map and never forgetting where he was from. You know, putting Hialeah first, which is all. People from South Florida, especially Hialeah, want to do, right? They want to be successful and put on for Hialeah because that's what we do. But to see him accomplish the things he did in the game of baseball, be a, a champion, be a key figure, and be a good role model, man. You know, ultimately be a good role model. Yeah, never forget where you came from. And never forget where you came from. Be a humble kid. Take care of his family, you know, take care of his, his peoples and people that looked out for him. We got nothing but the utmost respect for Gio on this podcast, man. And and I feel like the whole city is with us when we say thank you. You know, thank you for, for holding us down. Thank you for putting us on your back. Um, thank you for taking us on your journey so that we can always point to the TV and be like, yo, that's Hialeah Day County right there on the TV. And that's all thanks to you, Gio. So for sure, we want to thank you, bro. No doubt, man. No doubt. No doubt. Um, but Martin's Baseball starts. This, this Thursday, bro, April 1st. Opening day. I can't wait. I'm excited. We take on Tampa Bay, and I feel like we got to win that game. Hell yeah. We got to start off the right we way, gotta man. We got to win that game. Especially with Tampa Bay, who thinks they're hot shit. Fuck Tampa Bay. Nah, I'm kidding. But they're a good team. No, nah, you can say but it, man. Nah, you, you know, know what? what? We're beefing with Tampa yeah, Bay, bro. Yeah, it's, it's all sight. Panthers beefing with Tampa Bay. We're beefing with Tampa Bay. Marlins beefing with Tampa Bay. We're beefing with yeah, Tampa Bay. Yeah, Tampa's been doing way too good recently, yeah, dog. Man. You know, no, you know, good for them, but we got to be the epicenter of Florida sports here. For sure, and it's going to happen sooner than later because we see the teams trending in the right direction, so time to be excited about Hell that. Hell yeah, man. But, Joel, it's time to wrap it up, dog. As usual, thank you for joining me, man. Yes, sir, man. Thank you for having me as always, bro. No it was doubt, a good time. Bro. We missed you, bro. I missed you last week, bro. I'm sure the listeners missed us. It's, it's good to be back, man, and trust me, uh, I missed you guys too, and we're gonna we're definitely going to make up for it pretty soon. Make sure you guys are following us on all social platforms. Make sure you guys are hitting that follow button and that like button. And if you can, leave us a review and let us know how dope it is. And if you get a moment, tell a friend. To tell a friend. To tell a friend. To tell another friend. To tell another friend about our show. And keep them in tune with what we got going on. As we're the hottest Miami sports podcast that's live right now, man. Nobody's giving you guys the content that we give you. And nobody's giving away those prizes like we give away. And trust me, we might have something for that 500 follower on IG. We definitely have something lined up for that. Don't ruin it. But if you tell a friend, guess what? They'll look out for you and let you know when something else dope is popping off. That's right. But tune in to the next episode. Make sure you guys are following us. And until next time, peace. peace. Guess what, y'all? That's right. The Heat beat the Knicks, so it's time for that pizza mañana. Pizza mañana. Pizza mañana. Pizza mañana. Pizza mañana. Make sure you guys get that pizza. See you guys next week. Peace. Peace.